Uh, I don't know if you're aware, but today is the day of Pentecost. Uh, today marks 50 days, uh, seven weeks after uh, uh, Passover uh, uh, Sunday, or Passover weekend and Resurrection Sunday, uh, uh, referred to as Easter. You know, a lot of people talk about Pen Pentecost being the birth of the church. And, and while I understand what they're referring to and what they mean, it is problematic in a couple ways. Um, you know, in Asian cultures, when you are born, you are automatically one year old because they consider that you've been alive for about nine months uh, in the tummy of your mom. And so uh, you didn't just start your life uh, uh, when you're born, but you actually started it uh, uh, about a year earlier. So we're giving uh, one year. And then in Korea, the, the way that traditionally the years are counted uh, uh, at New Year's, everybody gets one more year. That is the day that you change your age, regardless of when you were actually born. So, so if you were born on December 30th, when you're born, you're one year old, New Year's Day, you become two, even though you're less than a week old in the traditional way of counting time. So all that means I have no clue how old I am. I might look a little bit older than I am. I'm hoping maybe I look a bit a little younger, but regardless, uh, uh, we're here. And the same thing is kind of true with, with Pentecost um, and the beginning of the church. It was in the mind and heart of God long before it actually came to fruition on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem over 2,000 years ago. Uh, Tim Keller has three points that I think are helpful, instructive, as we think through uh, our text today, which comes from Acts chapter 2. Uh, and, and these three points will kind of be the anchors that we'll be using to, to walk through the text. Uh, our, our text is uh, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. And, um, and, and I want to th read through a good part of it just to set the scene and then uh, um, uh, walk, walk through the, the different points that, that, that Keller makes. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, this is the New Living Translation. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now, at that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee. And yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, and then there's a list of a number of different countries and areas throughout the ancient world. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. Then they stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. This has been in the works for some time. 
In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I will cause wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark. The moon will turn blood red. And on that great and glorious day of the Lord, before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then Peter continues on with his sermon. We're going to stop the reading there. The three points that I think are helpful begin with number one. The, the Holy Spirit is a foretaste uh, of the future. You know, God had been planning this for some time. The Spirit of God was brooding over the waters back in Genesis chapter 1. And so this is not a rash, immediate, last-minute kind of a decision. And so when God was planning when to pour out His Spirit on all people, all nations, all tribes and languages, He chose to do it on the day of Pentecost. For the Jewish people, this was the Feast of Weeks. It was the Feast of the First Fruits. It was when the winter crop, typically barley, had been collected, and that is what was offered in the temple. And so this, in a sense, is the Spirit is a first fruit. It is an anticipation of something that is yet to come. It is the beginning of of this time of harvest. Acts 2 is when the Spirit comes down in fullness on all people, and yet at the same time, there's a lot more work and a lot more activity that the Spirit will be doing. God is announcing that this day is the guarantee of something greater that He will be accomplishing among all people. Every individual who receives this Spirit, is reminded of who they are. The Holy Spirit instills hope and, and, and power that guards against self-pitying, loathing, and, and small-mindedness. We have the Spirit of God within us. But the Holy Spirit also imparts a sense of humility and a dependence on Him so that we don't get haughty, arrogant, and proud. We have the Holy Spirit within us. The Holy Spirit is a foretaste of things to come. The, the second thing that we notice is that the Holy Spirit is the very presence of God himself. Throughout scripture, God has uh, been linked to wind and fire. Uh, uh, these elements have been a foretaste of his presence, have been a precursor to, to his presence with humans and you think back to the Old Testament times when God led his people through the wilderness with the pillar of fire by night when God appeared in different ways through the breath or the wind of the Spirit of God in different ways uh, it, it refers to his his presence but but notice it wasn't wind it wasn't hurricane force winds that came upon them it was the sound of wind and notice that it wasn't literal fire that was burning their scalps. It was tongues as if fire. And so these are indications that God's presence is with us, but they're not harmful to us. They're not damaging. They alert us and they let us know, and yet they do not provoke the damage and destruction that windstorms here in South Florida 
or fires in the Everglades or in other places of the country out west and in Australia recently have, uh, have done. The Holy Spirit is not a thing. It's not an it. It is a he, the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and a, a poet named uh, Malcolm Gite kind of uh, uh, helps us think about how present the Holy Spirit is when we think about the four basic elements of life, uh, earth, wind, fire, and water. You could say wind or air, but I don't know why the band left out water, but you have earth, wind, and fire. But you see the presence of God with, uh, uh, with, with the air or the wind, the very breath. The word wind also is breath. And so when the Red Sea was pushed back, it was the breath of God that was holding that back. The, the, the fire, as we've seen, uh, uh, is what guides his people through the night and what demonstrated his presence on Pentecost. Uh, water reminds us of the waters of baptism where we are born again and we begin this new life. Jesus is the living water. He is the fountain of life itself. And, and earth doesn't appear in the uh, uh, prominently in the Acts 2 text, but, but if you remember, we ourselves are made of earth. Uh, Adam, Adam means earth because we were taken from the earth. And so we are the representation of the earth itself. And so we see the spirit who is representing God and presenting God's presence, representing his presence in the earth, the air, the fire, and the water. The, the last point that uh, I want to uh, highlight is not only is the Holy Spirit a foretaste of things to come, and not only is the Holy Spirit the very presence of God, but the Holy Spirit is inclusive of people's of all nation, tribes, and tongues, and languages. On that day, people were gathered from all of those different countries. Uh, they would have been different colors. They would have had different hairstyles. They would have been speaking different languages. And they could hear these Galileans speaking their own language. You remember the Tower of Babel where because of the haughtiness, the arrogance, and the pride of humankind, God decided to confuse the languages to somehow, in some way, humble this proud and arrogant people. Well, God is now, for the purpose of letting his good news be communicated clearly, is now allowing all people to understand. All people, men and women, and people of all nations. The Holy Spirit demonstrates his power over division and differences and over what separates us here on earth. The way that we know that the Holy Spirit has filled a person is not because they have these ecstatic utterances, but it's rather they demonstrate this new identity of living in a community where all people are loved and all people are accepted. There is no other anymore. We are all brothers, sisters, neighbors. We are one. This power of the Holy Spirit to transcend difference 
is one of the things that has always attracted me about the Sunset Church. The diversity that we feel among our brothers and sisters, we share a common humanity and we share a common spirituality. The Holy Spirit has given us the opportunity to habitate and to be in a place where we can rub shoulders and we can hug and, and we can embrace and we can share bread together with people of different nations, tribes, tongues, and genders. But I'll be honest with you. Today my heart is broken uh, and I am grieving for what's happening in our world, in this country. I need the Holy Spirit to take my groans and take them to the Father. I groan with my African-American brothers and sisters, my friends and brothers of color. I groan at the injustices that they are enduring and have had to endure for, for centuries now. If we have any sense that we are better than other people, because of the country from which we come, or the language we speak, or the color of our skin, or the gender uh, uh, of our identity, then we need to hear this word of the Lord today. The Holy Spirit includes everyone of all nations, of both genders, men, women, and everyone. And if what is happening to our African-American brothers and sisters uh, and neighbors in the world today does not stir within us a sense of moral outrage, then we need to hear this word of the Lord again in Acts chapter 2. A number of years ago, I was doing the premarital counseling for a young couple. Uh, he was from Hollywood, Florida, and she was from here in Miami. He was African-American and she was Puerto Rican. And so we went through the counseling. They got married. They got they they moved uh, jobs and all that, and, and their life was good. But they wanted to take advantage of the good fortune that they had received in life, and so they adopted some uh, a pair of twins, African American boys. And then they'd had their own children, and now this beautiful family is growing, and. Uh, experiencing God's grace. They're active in church and raising these boys to love God and to love their neighbor. Uh, this last week, she posted, the mom posted uh, a heart-wrenching video because her husband, uh, an awesome Christian man, husband and father, was at a gas station speaking to another friend, an African-American brother from church. And they were told by another customer that the lady inside had called the police on them. And our sister, this friend of mine, is just sobbing on this video. because saying, how can I raise my kids in this world? How do I teach my boys to respect, honor, uh, 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 our society when people of our color are, are killed while sitting in their apartment or while taking a jog or suffocated to death while handcuffed. It, it took Peter and the other apostles a while to get used to this idea that God truly did accept everyone. Folks, we've had over 2,000 years to hear this message. 
the Holy Spirit is still alive and working. And what the Holy Spirit wants us to see is that God includes everyone. All people are created equal means that God loves people of color as much as they love people of whatever other color there might be. God loves us all and wants to include us, and that is our challenge. God have mercy on us. If we still believe that some people and certain people of one gender or the other are less than fully human. Next week, we're going to begin walking through the Old Testament text, and we'll begin in Genesis chapter 1. And we'll be reminded again that God made every single person in his image. We are all image bearers. And some of us are not better image bearers necessarily than others. And unfortunately, we have treated others as less. Peter's sermon in Acts chapter 2 ends with repentance, a call for repentance. And I think that's where I'm going to leave it today. God expects and wants repentance starting from his house, from his people, as we truly live out the values of the Holy Spirit in our world today. One of our elders, Jeff Henson, is going to uh, lead us in a prayer, and then we'll have one more song. May God bless your day.